You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. Whose world is this? It's Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's World. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. And as always, I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful week so far. So today, I feel like I woke up on the right side of the bed. I woke up extra early. I was cleaning my house at like 6 a.m., um, this, I had this whole like burst of energy. I'm not really sure where it came from, provided that I did not sleep that well last night, but I digress. Um, I have a very positive outlook on today. I'm feeling like today's going to be a really good day, even though I have to travel for work and it's brick city outside. Um, I am having a, or I was invited rather to a holiday party this evening. And maybe that's why, cause I'm, Wearing, you know, a really nice dress. I have this really nice neck piece on. I have my makeup going on. Um, so I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really positive. And I always love a holiday party, mainly because I get to eat good food and drink top shelf liquor all night for free 99. Um, that's always a thing, but I always, I always just like the opportunity to just see my coworkers and supervisors in their true element. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of times when you're going to work, you're not trying to business with nobody. You're just doing what you got to do. And, you know, you might, you know, share some pleasantries here and there, but you're not really connecting. You're not bonding. You don't really get to see them for who they are. But when you attend a holiday party with a coworker who likes to drink, that's when you actually, in my opinion, get to know who your coworkers are. That's when you get to know what they truly think about the company, their supervisors, and possibly you. Um, and it's just an interesting sight to see. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's an interesting sight to see for me as the person who likes to spectate, but it's not always a great time for the individual who allowed themselves to get trashed and smashed at the holiday party. So today's episode, I'm actually going to talk about holiday party decorum and etiquette. It's just certain things that I've observed over the years of attending uh, various holiday parties in, in different industries, just just seeing how you can literally go from zero to 100 real quick and you can go from being employed to unemployed real quick. And so although holiday parties, it's a great time to hang out, great time to really see, you know, your coworkers in the different light. It's a time to let loose, look pretty, kind of get out of that mundane everyday work attire and really show out a little bit. You have to be careful on how much showing out you do. You have to be careful on how much alcohol you intake because you're not trying to, you know, uh, mess up yourself or another coworker. Um, you just want to be a little more vigilant around this time. I think a lot of times people get it twisted and they're like, oh, holiday party, let's turn up, show up and show out. And they really kind of forget that it's still an office party. It's, it's a, an event that's still an extension of your workspace. And a lot of times the people you think are drinking um tequila or just vodka and so you know and, and soda in their cup they might just be drinking water just so that they can observe and the one thing I would say 
that I've, um, you know, come to find out. And one of my friends actually highlighted this for me um, last week is that, you know, more and more people are opting not to drink at holiday parties, not just because, you know, they're on some cleanse or whatever, but because they actually want to observe. And that is an opportunity to really speak to people, learn what's going on and really just keep your eyes open, not or ears open, not just for the awesome. Oh, I can't talk this morning, <laughs> not just for the office gossip, but to actually maybe learn about, you know, maybe some career opportunities or some maybe HR let it slip right quick that they're going to be creating a new department. Like this is the time to really get in and get some of these trade secrets as well. So for this show today, I am going to talk about, um, again, holiday party etiquette, decorum, and how not to get got, how to keep your job, how to not be on the chopping block this holiday season because you thought that it was appropriate to, you know, twerk the night away and drink to your liver's, you know, content and end up, you know, smashed and trashed on, on the dance floor. We don't want that. We're trying to do better with our lives in general. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that segment of today's um, podcast. But before I move to that, you all know that I have a highlight of the week every week. And this week's highlight of the week um, for me was being able to go to my alma mater, Fordham University School of Law, and um, supporting and, you know, um, seeing off uh, one of my favorite deans from Fordham Law School, Dean Nitsa Milagros Escalera. So Dean Escalera is, you know, she's retiring. So that's what I meant by sending off. She she retired. I went to her retirement party um, on Monday. It was really sad for me um, to be there and to witness this because I, in a sense, I'm feeling sad for the future generation of minority students at Fordham Law School because Nitsa was truly a gem. And I and I have the right to call her Nitsa because we bonded over um, our, um, it wasn't really a spring break, what kind of spring break trip to Haiti back in 2010 when the earthquake happened. Um, I think I might have talked about this at some point on this show, but when the earthquake happened in 2010, I had never been to Haiti before, but I felt this, this um, compelling need to go and lend some sort of assistance. And I had went to the Public Interest Resource Center and spoken to Hillary Exeter, who um, no, also retired, no longer works at Fordham. But I went to her and I was like, listen, I really would like to go to Haiti. I really would like to organize a group of students um, to try and like lend some sort of help and just do do something. And she, you know, was all for it. And she pointed me to at the time it was the Student Hurricane Network, but then became Disaster Relief um, Network. And they were just like, yes, let's go. And but, it, you know, it didn't it couldn't just stop there. We needed approval because we're talking about a country who just went through an earthquake. Everything was unstable. No schools, no law schools, at least, were sending any students to Haiti at the time. I don't even think any schools were. Um, but we were directed to Dean Escalera, who was just like, I'm going to advocate for you guys to go. And not only will I advocate for you guys to go, I am going to go with you. And so 
with Dean Escalera's help, we were able to get the the um, dean trainer, who was the dean of the actual law school, on board. We were able to get, you know, the board of directors on board, and we we went to Haiti. We went to Haiti. We did what we had to do, and it was a very bonding experience with you know with the other students, obviously, but also with Dean Escalera. We really, I really got to know her as a person, as an individual. Um, I got to see the compassionate side of her because my. T- we had to live. We had to live in tents, <laughs> and uh, my tent was pitched on a rock, and I could not sleep. And Dina Escalera gave me like her extra comforter to put, you know, as as an extra layer, so that I would be able to sleep, you know, somewhat. Um, and so when I, you know, I was honored that I, you know, was able to even you know, see this happen. I was happy that I was able to make the time. And I feel like in life, you know, there are certain people that have impacted you and that have touched you in in, in ways that, you know, you could never repay. You have to like show up for them, regardless of your schedule, regardless of, of what's going on, you have to show up. So I made my effort to get to Fordham to see her, you know, to see her off in a sense and just to, to let her know, appreciate everything she's done for me. And so that she can see that, you know, the alumni that she touched came back just to see her off. And so that is my highlight of the week, just to again, hear how she, you know, her journey, you know, the work, the great works that she's done, her commitment to public interest, her commitment to um, race and diversity, her commitment to, you know, students of color, particularly. Um, And it was just an inspiration because I'm like, man, like, you know, you know, if I could just have an, you know, an ounce of what Nita has and Nita's a fellow Sagittarian. So <laughs> happy birthday, <laughs> Dean Escalera. But um, and it was just very inspiring for me to just be there. And it just um, gave me perspective again, reminding me of my time at Fordham, the struggles that I endured and how, you know, people like Dina Scalera were there in my corner um, to assist me and to make sure that I make it past the finish line, which I obviously did. Um, so definitely thank you to Dina Scalera for that. And I really... um. I really hope that retirement goes well for her. Although people like Nita will never really retire. I'm sure there's going to be something else that she's going to do. But that was definitely a highlight for my week. So now we're on to the meat of the show. (laughs) So as I said earlier, it's holiday season, holiday party season. Um, Everybody is looking for that holiday turn up with the, you know, with their colleagues. Um, I mean, I personally love holiday, you know, office parties because it's just another opportunity for me to eat good food and to drink good drinks. Some of these, some of these employers are providing top shelf, top shelf liquor, top shelf whiskey. Um, but like I said, it's great. It's, you know, it's a great time to sometimes bond with coworkers that you probably (laughs) never thought that you would ever bond or even communicate with. It's also a good way to, you know, converse and have real FaceTime um, in a less stringent setting with some of your supervisors, some of your bosses, etc. But with every with everything, <laughs> you have to be careful, especially when it comes to the office workplace setting, because although these holiday parties are parties, um, it's still a professional environment. It's only an extension of your office. Like this is not, you know, oh, we're at the club now. We're going to engage in club like behavior. Your 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 party might might be taking place in a club, but the HR is still watching 
Um, you know, <laughs> your supervisors are watching. And it's funny because I had heard a story of a supervisor who actually um, would walk around. He always had a cup and people always think that, you know, they always thought that he was drinking, but he actually only had like club soda. And the reason he did that was because he wanted to be alert so that he could see the debauchery, hear the debauchery that was going on um, at the holiday parties. And he would, he would use that, I guess, in, in his uh, assessment or his review performance or whatever performance review of the employees, because for him, it wasn't just about what, how you acted and what you did in the physical workplace, but how you engaged and um, talked about your colleagues outside of the physical workspace, which I think was very, I think is very genius in a sense. Um, so I wanted to talk about a couple of things that I think could hopefully save you from making an ass out of yourself this holiday season, keep your reputation intact, and you know, more importantly, keep your job. Because the last thing you want to do is lose your job during the holidays. So when we think about holiday parties, um, you know, people are always thinking about, okay, what do I wear? This is more so for the females. The females are always wondering about what do I wear? Um, you know, how do I show up and show out, etc. And I think the first thing to um, acknowledge is that it's still an office party. It's not the club, even if it's based in a club. It's not the club. It's not a lounge. This is not the time for you to pull out your skimpiest outfit, your shortest skirt, you know, the the dress with the lowest cleavage. This is not the time to show people what you're really working with. I mean, my thing is this. I mean, if you're if you are, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that. Forget it. I'm, I won't say it. Either way, what I'm what I'm trying to say is that this is not the time for you to show up and show out and to be extra flashy. You want to look nice, yes. You want to look nice in an appropriate way. So you want to dress appropriately. So you might not want to wear something that has too much cleavage. You might not want to wear something that has your entire back out. You might not want to wear something that's super short because you're still in a professional esque environment. Even even if it's not, you know during the nine to five workday. It's a holiday party, yes, but you still want to be a little bit conservative in your attire um, because people are watching and the people are watching are also judging. And you could be like, I don't care. I don't care what people have to say. But when it's your supervisors and your bosses making forming these judgments about you, like you might want to care. So the other thing um, I was going to say is with respect to alcohol. So alcohol, I think that this is probably the most important. So put three asterisks next to this. This is the most important piece because this is where the downfall begins. Like this is where the ugly begins. Like, yeah, you can wear an inappropriate outfit and everybody might be talking about you the next day or the next couple of days at the, you know, at the office party. But the alcohol situation is really, I think, what tips the cake and what causes most of the debacle, right? So, I mean, for me, when I do the office, um, the office, I'm like, so I'm so tired. The office holiday party scene, I try to leave, I try to keep my liquor intake to two drinks, two to three drinks, three max, depending on if I'm drinking like wine or whatever, but no more than three. People out there say keep it at a fixed two, but I will say two to three. Again, it's a holiday party. And, you know, depending on what your tolerance is, you might be able to get away with the third drink and be like totally fine. Um, 
I would say keep it to two to three drinks. And even if you do have a high tolerance um, and you're like, well, I can go for a fourth and fifth, I would still keep it to two and three because people are still watching how many times you go to the bar to get a drink. So it's not always about how like shit faced you're going to be or how like plastered you're going to be and how sloppy you'll end up after having all the drinks. It's also how many drinks are you actually ingesting? And people are watching that. Like there are people who show up at the holiday party just to observe what's going on, supervisors and colleagues alike. And so you really just don't want to give people a reason to talk about you. And again, I understand it's time for fun. It's time for all this extra stuff. You know, it's a holiday party, but it's a holiday party for work. It's not a holiday party with your girlfriends or with your peoples or with your organizations or whatever. It's a holiday party for work. So it's a different, it's a slightly different beast. So you definitely want to make sure that you, you watch, um, your alcohol intake and you keep it to between two and three drinks. Um, it was funny. I was also reading somewhere where they were encouraging people to make sure that you coat your stomach beforehand. And I totally agree with that because I personally am one of those individuals who never remember to eat. Like I drink, and I never remember, you know, I never remember to like coat my stomach beforehand, mainly because whenever I go out to drink, I don't plan to like drink mad drinks and to be like trashed or anything like that. But because I actually like alcohol, I, you know, one drink could totally end up being four drinks without really even noticing it and without feeling any real effects until like it's too late. Um, but for holiday parties, people always assume like, oh, well, you know, there's going to be food there. So I'm going to wait till I get there to eat and then I'm going to start drinking. But if you really think about it, when you get to your holiday party, the first thing you tend to go for is the drink. Like that's the first place. That's the first stop you 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 make is the bar or if it's one of those posh and fancy uh, parties drinks are being served to you at the door and by the time you you know you work the room you probably hit the bar two three times or you were probably served at least two three drinks before you even make it to the food so that's how a lot of people get got because they think that oh I'm just gonna eat when I get there but then you start drinking and it's too late by the time you realize that crap I gotta have food in my system so they say that if you if if it is holiday party day make sure you either have a heavy lunch or that you ate something before going to the holiday party party just to make sure that something was in your stomach because like I said a lot a lot of the real issues stem from the over you know the misuse of alcohol I mean there have been years where I've seen people literally plastered on the floor I've seen people throwing up at the holiday parties I've seen people blabbing out people's businesses, you know, at the holiday parties, talking bad about the company. You know, if you were sober, you probably would not have done that. But because you have the influence of alcohol or you're under the influence of alcohol, rather, you're out here acting a fool and, you know, sticking nails in your coffin. Right. So when it comes to alcohol, I mean, it's a holiday party. Nobody's going to tell you not to drink, but you have to kind of know yourself. If you know that you're somebody who has some issues 
<laughs> holding down their liquor, you might just want to drink club soda all night or drink ginger ale all night. Or if you must have something, drink a glass of wine and, and keep it moving. If you're somebody who can handle your alcohol, even though you can throw them back like the best of them, you might want to just keep it to two and three because again, people are watching to see how many times you went to the bar. And again, yes, you can say, well, this is a company party or I paid to come here. So I'm going to get my money's worth. That's nice. But what's more important, your reputation or the $50 or $100 you spent to attend your holiday party? I think it's best to, you know, take the L on only drinking two drinks for your $100 ticket than to, again, um, not have any income, not having any paycheck coming to you for the holiday season. So you really have to choose your battles when it comes to that. What is more important? Um, the other thing that I would say is, The holiday party is an opportunity for you to network with different people at your job. You know, Joe, who sits next to the printer that you only say hi to when you go to make a a copy. I don't know. Um, It's an opportunity for you to kind of break out, talk to the different departments and just really, you know, mingle in a socially acceptable professional way with the rest of your staff. Be friendly. Don't be a Grinch. A lot of times what we tend to do is we, you know, we create our clique. So, you know, you know that two of your girls or two of your boys are going to the holiday party. You link up with them and it's kind of like your little circle all night. You're drinking together, laughing together. You're not engaging with anybody else in the office, anybody else at the party. You're just kind of there with your own little click and that's it. And I think that that's a little, you know, I don't want to say dangerous. That's a little too harsh, but I feel like, um, that's not really the point of the holiday party. I think it is to kind of get people out of their element a little bit and really, you know, engaging with one another. And you never know, like, you know, what that conversation might lead to. It might lead to, you know, another job opportunity that you didn't know about. It could lead to, I don't know, some sort of mentorship. It could lead to a lot of different things. So you don't want to sell yourself short and just go to the holiday party and just talk to the people that you talk to all the time. Allow yourself to open up, meet new people, start new conversations. Um, and really, you know, and really, I guess, and it's like an investment in a sense in your future, right? Because you don't know um, how that individual might be able to help you in the future. And so it's all about improving ourselves and put, placing ourselves in positions to move forward. The other thing that I tend to notice is that people never know when to arrive at the holiday party and how long to stay. Um, because some of us really are not interested and mingling with these people we work with. Like, it's just not something we want to do. But because we know we have to show up and make an appearance, we do so anyways. And that's the other thing that I would say before going any further is that with the holiday parties, you want to show up. Don't decline the invitation for your office holiday party because it's going to make you seem like some sort of recluse. It's going to you know, create this reputation for you that you're not necessarily a team player and you don't need all of that. You you get the invitation for the holiday party, you show up and, you know, you do, you, you do your, I don't know, the 30 minutes to an hour and then you leave. But I would say never, never not go to your holiday party unless there's a real reason behind why you can't go. Make the effort, show that you are a team player. And so with respect to now going back to Arrival, 
Um, I would always say get there on time. If you don't want to be there anyways, you don't have to worry about making fashion fashionably late entrances. You don't want to be there anyways. Get it out of the way. Show up on time. You know, stay there for about, I would say, if you really don't want to be there, stay there for at least 30 minutes. Do what I call the acte de présence. You show up, you make sure everybody sees your face. Hi, Sally. Hi, Jim. You know, you shake some hands. You maybe drink a cocktail. They see you working the room with a drink in your hand. Maybe you go to the appetizer table. Um, you bob to some music. And then after that, you make your rounds. Oh, this was a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, see you guys in the office tomorrow. And you call it a day. Um, I would say that is for the people who really just want to go in and go out. Like, how long do you stay? I mean, it's it's subjective. But I would say 30 minutes would be fine. 30 minutes, uh, 45 minutes, maybe even an hour. Um now, with respect to individuals who are like, yes, they they were waiting for this holiday party all year. My advice to them would be um, don't stay too late. Get there on time, but don't stay too late. Like <laughs> I've I've heard of people like shutting down the office party, like shutting it down, like the DJ is breaking down and they're still there. And some might think, well, yeah, it's a holiday party. Like, why wouldn't we stay to the very end? Well, I feel like there's a stigma for that as well, too. Again, I, I personally find that the holiday party setup is really there to, <laughs> to set you up in a sense if you don't know like how to really maneuver it because there's just so many traps. There's so many ways that you can get got if you're not fully armed and prepared with information. Um, so yeah, it's cool to be there. Like if it's from nine to like midnight or nine to 1 a.m. or 7 p.m. to like, I don't know, 11 or whatever. Yeah, it's great to, you know, get there at seven be there for a couple of hours, dance, drink, eat, whatever. But I feel like once it starts getting like, you know, <laughs> late <laughs> and you start seeing like some of the partners leaving, you start seeing some of like your supervisors leaving, it might it might be a sign that you too should leave because most of the time these holiday parties are held during the week, which means there is work the next day. It's not like it's a Friday and then Saturday everybody's going to sleep. A lot of these times, these holiday parties are on a weekday, which is again where I get my theory of the setup because you're going to have a holiday party on a Tuesday night where it's open bar, you know, free food, the DJ is hitting and you have it from like seven to like 11 or seven to midnight. Like, come on. And you know that you have to be at work the next day at like 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. Like, I don't know. That's just my theory. It is what it is. But I feel like, yeah, it's cool to go, but don't shut the place down. I, I feel like there, there is, there is something to say about that. What that is exactly, I don't know. But there definitely is something to say about going in and shutting the place down. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like the most important thing is that you show up. Yes. <laughs> And you spend you spend some time there, but shutting the place down, knowing that you have work the next morning early, I feel like you have that's where your responsibility comes in, right? That whole like, oh, priorities. What do I do? Continue to turn up or take my ass home, show that I'm responsible. I did what I needed to do, and now I'm gonna be ready and bright eyed and bushy tailed for work the next day. Um People might have different opinions as to that, but I feel like especially the more corporate you are, um, 
it I feel like sometimes your movements have to be a little bit different. Whereas maybe if you were working in the government sector and it's not that big of a deal, people will roll into work at 11 the next day. You know, it's fine because it was a holiday party the night before. All right. But I don't know. I think that you just have to take the temperature for yourself on that. But that would be uh, my opinion with respect to that. So, I mean... So I think really at the end of the day, when it comes to holiday party decorum, it's just making sure that you are not making an ass out of yourself and that you are still showing that you are having a good time and that you're appreciative of all the effort that went into putting together this holiday party. But that at the same time, um, you know, you're being professional and understanding that the eyes are still watching. Um, you're still being evaluated even though um, it's a holiday party and you're assuming that everybody is just having fun. Um, I think that more and more employers are looking for individuals um, who are, I don't want to say well-rounded, but who know how to handle themselves in all situations. So not just, you know, corporate situations like I'm at work, the nine to five, but also outside of the office space, right? How do you conduct yourself in social settings? Because depending on the industry you work in, you may have to, you know, engage with clients in social settings. And so what, what a better way to analyze how your employees act, you know, with the temptations of alcohol, food, and drink than at a holiday party. So I think we really just need to be very vigilant when it comes to this season. I think, I mean, I said, I've seen a lot of soldiers fall um, <laughs> to, you know, they fell victim to the holiday party uh, situation. And I feel like it's definitely something that is very much avoided. You just have to kind of put some steps into motion, you know, show up on time, Put a time limit on how, how long you're going to be there. Make sure that you stick to the, the two, three drink minimum. Um, you know, make sure you eat something before you get to the holiday party. When you're engaging with your colleagues and supervisors and whatnot, you know, keep the conversations light. Nobody needs to know that you, you know, have a herniated disc or that you just came back from the hospital unless they ask you. But nobody needs to know about the divorce that you're about to have. Like, this is not the time for you to be sharing intimate details of your life. You keep it light. You keep it airy. You don't gossip. Don't bad talk the company at the company party. Um, you know, I feel like if you, <laughs> if you keep it simple, you keep it chill, you know, you dress appropriately again. Just because the party's at a club doesn't mean you have to dress like you're at the club. I think that if you follow like the holiday party decorum, like you follow the etiquette procedures that are put into place for these things, you'll be fine. Um, because I've already heard stories for this year and we just started holiday party season, just started. And there are people who already are on like final warnings at their jobs or are under like serious watch, watch and key because of their behavior. Um, and it's usually because of alcohol, which is why I overemphasized the alcohol situation. It's usually alcohol. Like 
that's usually why you're blabbing about, you know, trade secrets or you're bad talking your supervisor or you're talking about how much you are not in alignment with company, you know, policies and missions and whatnot. It's usually the alcohol that's giving you the courage to be this bold person that you should not be at the holiday party. So with that being said, I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday party season. I'm not sure if this is going to be my last episode for the year. I might have another one or two in me. It really depends. We all know once the holidays roll around, it starts getting harder and harder to really um, sit down and, you know, do interviews and really get things together because everybody is busy and we're just trying to close out, you know, the fourth quarter strong. But in the event that it might possibly be my last episode for the year, I just want to say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and thank you for all of you who supported me throughout um, this year of 2019. It's definitely been a year of growth, a year of learning. Um, you know, I had some amazing guests um, on the show. And like I said, I, I feel like I still have another one or two episodes in me. I do have a couple of guests that I would love to try to get in before the year end. But if it doesn't happen, there would definitely be in the queue for 2020. But um, with that being said, everyone, have a happy, happy, happy new year. Merry Christmas. Um, peace, love, and prosperity to everyone. I'm saying all this now knowing that I'm probably going to be saying the same speech again in the next episode or the episode afterwards, but indulge me anyways. Um, have a good week. And hopefully if I don't talk to you guys next week, I will talk to you guys in the new year. Freedom's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f with future. That's clash it. It's Freedom's world.